Carrie, and this is my Kez Walks podcast. I will just say I am a WW member, and I have been since February 2021, and I am currently down 105 pounds in that time. I have been as low as 115 pounds down, but then the last few months have been a little tricky and then Christmas and New Year's and that's what I'll say about that. So my plan for 2023 is to get back to 115 pounds lost and continue. When I get to that part I will only be 12 pounds from my goal weight which is completely crazy to me. I um, have spent 30 years of my adulthood being overweight and obese and what is considered morbidly obese. Um, I'm not sure where to start in this, so I'll just jump back to February 2021. I weighed in at 281 pounds and I was extremely depressed and I was having a horrible day. I was eating and eating and eating and I was physically feeling sick while I was eating. And I looked down at my chest and my heart felt funny. I was having a bit of heart palpitations, feeling just very heavy in the chest. And I thought, oh my God, I'm going to die. That's honestly what I thought that night. It was February 6th, 2021 to be exact. And it was late evening and I just didn't know what to do. I thought I'm going to die. And I happened to go on Facebook and I don't know in that strange thing that happens where it's like your phone is listening to you even when you're not talking. Um, An ad for Weight Watchers popped up and it was half price and I clicked join before I even had a chance to think. So I officially started the morning of February 7th, 2021. And by the end of June, I believe it was 2021, I had already lost 57 pounds and I was so excited. Um, And now I've continued obviously, and I am, you know, between 105 and 115 pounds lost. I'm seeing numbers on the scale that I have not seen since I was in my early 20s. So that's quite exciting. I am 49 years old right now and I turned 50 this summer. So it's been a long road. I guess I will go back to where it started. I was not overweight as a child or a teenager. I didn't experience that. That's one thing I've learned. Everybody has completely different stories, even though we all end up together in groups like Weight Watchers or any other sort of weight loss support that people find. Everybody's there doing the same thing, but you all got there in a different way and have different experiences. I, as a teenager, always felt like I was overweight. We all know that story, I think. Um, I was maybe 20 pounds um, heavier than lots of my friends. So, of course, I thought that I was very overweight, which I wasn't. I was about a size six, I think, when I graduated. Um, And it wasn't until... I went into college right away at 18 and I suddenly stopped most activity. I wasn't in gym class anymore. I wasn't um, part of any running groups anymore. 
and I was at the bar a lot, um, probably three, four nights a week. My favorite drink of choice was a paralyzer. And I didn't really think about it at the time. There's so much cream in that and so much pop. It didn't even occur to me to ever ask for a paralyzer made with Diet Coke. Um, not that I particularly think that sugar replacements are healthier. It's just, that was a lot of sugar. I may drink five or six jugs of those three nights a week, easy. And there was also lots of sitting on my behind, studying, um, lots of late night pizza sessions, um, ordering in pizza, ordering fast food, um, eating pub food at the bar, just constantly. And within that year, I believe I put on at least 40, if not 50 pounds um, in one year. And that was quite shocking to me. I hadn't dealt with that before. I ate fast food as a teenager. I remember going to lots of different fast food places with friends. I remember going to lots of restaurants on all you can eat wing night. And I don't recall ever sitting there thinking, oh, I better not eat this. I'm on a diet or anything like that. I ate and ate and nothing happened. So it was quite a shock to me between the ages of 18 and 19 to suddenly have a weight problem and I did not know how to deal with it. Um, I got married young at 19 and I moved overseas to Germany and I didn't have to work. And I remember just deciding to get fit again. So I was riding my exercise bike. I was doing a hundred sit-ups a day in groups of 25. I had lots of time to do that. And I got my weight back down, I believe to about 160. And I remember a lot of people complimenting me on that, but it would go up and down. Um, I'd be up to 200, down to 180, up to 190, down to 170. It was just years of yo-yoing. Um, had my first child in 1997 and I got preeclampsia and that was the start of my high blood pressure journey. I had never had an issue with blood pressure before but something happened when I was pregnant and my blood pressure went up. It was 190 over 115 at its highest I remember, highest recorded anyway. And I have been on high blood pressure medication ever since. So that is over 25 years. Um, I had left that relationship and came back to Canada. And then I did quite well. Um, I kind of probably stayed around like 175, something like that, as in I didn't gain. Um, but then it creeped back on over the years and my daughter was born in 2002. I had pregnancy induced hypertension and almost preeclampsia again at that point. My blood pressure just skyrocketed. Um, I was on the highest dose of my medication that they could safely give me while pregnant and I had to be induced 10 days early because they were concerned. My blood pressure wasn't responding properly to the medication and after she was born, I don't know. I don't really recall what I did for weight loss or not. It's just that a year after my daughter was born, I weighed 277 pounds. So that was would have been 2003. Um, I left 
that relationship in 2004 and I really knew I had to do something and I worked very hard. Most of it is changing my eating. I'll say that right now. I did not do aerobics six times a week and, and do the morning aerobics for an hour before work or anything like that. It was the vast majority of it was changing my eating and then some activity. I was a single mom working eight to five every day with two little kids. So I did not make a lot of time for exercise. I did join a gym that was right near my work and I had an hour lunch break. So I would go over and go on the treadmill or go on the rowing machine or go on the exercise bike for a half an hour, um, a few days a week. And that was good for me, but that is all I did. Most of it was changing my food amounts and types. And I lost uh, 70 pounds. I got down to 204 pounds and I was so close to 200 pounds. I remember being so excited that I was so close and thinking, wow, there's going to be a one on the scale um, instead of a two. Like, this is so exciting. And somehow I did not go below 200. Somehow I kept gaining again. And um, in... 2020, so January 2020, I had a heart attack. I was on my exercise bike because I had asked for one for Christmas in 2019 and I was excited and I had started using it and I was really serious about trying to lose weight and I was on my bike and I had an incident and I felt very strange in my chest and I didn't want to talk and that was on a Thursday night, I remember. And on the Saturday is when I finally went to the hospital because my husband said, enough of this. I was sleeping all day long and I did not have any energy. And when I did do just the tiniest amount of walking, I was sweating profusely, like bad, um, out the top of my head even. Like my scalp was soaking wet. And so he took me to the hospital and I was quite shocked to look at my emergency room curtain and see seven pairs of feet all standing outside my curtain and then suddenly the curtain opened and all these people swarmed in the doctor said that my blood work showed an enzyme that they look for um, it shows that I had at least one maybe more mild heart attacks um, I, I was shocked but I remember I had to get on the scale and my husband was sitting right there and I was so embarrassed in front of everybody I got on the scale and I believe it said 275 pounds and I was mortified I was more mortified about that um at that second than I was about realizing um excuse me I just had a heart attack so I spent five days in the hospital I had to be flown to a nearby city for an angiogram um, that was very unpleasant. I do not recommend. I had a couple of angioplasties on two blockages that they found and I had two stents put in um, in the same spot to keep my artery open that it was right outside my heart the blockage like right there. So the stents are right at the entrance to the S node rhythm section of my heart and then I got to fly back spend a couple of more days in the hospital here and then I went home and of course I'm talking about 2020 so we all know what happened shortly thereafter 
I had been back at work full time for only two weeks when the COVID restrictions hit. And I was one of many that lost their job. Um, my business had to be shut down that I worked at. And it took me about three months to get another job. And that's never happened to me before. I've gone a month, maybe two times in my whole life where I wasn't working. And three months was incredibly stressful. I spent a lot of time eating, obviously. Um, then I got a job just to pay bills, but I didn't like it. It was not a job that I really enjoyed. And I guess you could say depression set in. And so even though I had had a heart attack and knew that I had to straighten things out in order to survive um, more years, and use my second chance, I instead gained more weight. And that's what brought me to February 2021, where I stepped on the scale and I saw the 281. And I thought, wow, like, wow, I'm going to die. And that's when I joined Weight Watchers. Um, I'm not sure where to go from here in my podcast. I want to talk about a lot of different topics on each one. So this first one will just be going over some things in my past and current life that have changed or needed to be changed. Um, I think that we can all relate to different parts of each other's stories, but everybody is still individual. Um, I know a lot of people, mm, I should say dislike organized weight loss groups such as Weight Watchers, um, they, I've heard a lot of people say they tell you what to eat. They tell you, um, you know, just what to eat and then leave you and don't help you. That is not true at all. Weight Watchers has come around so much since I had originally tried joining, piggybacking on a friend. I was not a paying member, but I've done it a couple of times in the distant past about 20 years ago. And that I felt was a little bit more about food or people in meetings would just be sharing about their ups and downs. But I find Weight Watchers now give so much guidance. I have never been asked by a coach what I'm eating or how many points I have and helping me to figure that out. They're asking me how I'm doing, what I'm thinking. They're talking about following your hunger cues and they're talking about respecting yourself when you make a mistake and we don't really call it a mistake. That's what I call it. Um, when we make a little mistake from our daily plan, not to disrespect yourself. We talk so much about mindset. Um, that's probably the main topic every single week has to center around mindset. We don't get given a menu saying, okay, eat this for a week and you'll lose five pounds. That never happens. Um, I think a lot of people have a have an idea about Weight Watchers that is maybe just old school or just based on guessing. Not sure, <laughs> but I've really enjoyed having a target to hit. I needed help deciding what I was going to eat and how much I was going to eat. And I am not ashamed of that. I literally spent three decades struggling. So I like to have some guidance of a point system that shows me, okay, that was a really heavy lunch. Maybe I should think about ways to make it a little leaner, make it a little 
healthier for my insides. That's what I'm looking at. I also enjoy doing a lot of reading on biology, how the body works. I don't want to learn just what to put in my mouth. I want to learn why. I want to learn what happens inside my body when I ingest sugar. I want to learn what happens when I ingest, ingest certain carbohydrates, um, water. I want to know what happens when I'm sleeping. And I've been really enjoying learning that, reading some things on the side, talking to other Weight Watchers members, talking to friends who are also on their own weight loss journeys. I just, I just want to know. I want to learn. I want to be smart about what I put inside my body. Now, the last two weeks... Mm, okay, three weeks has not been super great. I've ingested a lot of sugar, even though I know what it does inside my body when it gets there and there's too much. And I know what happens. I still did it. I had lots of food facing me at work for the first time in two years. Most people couldn't bring food in um, to where I work during COVID. And I didn't work in a place that cooked food, but now I do. I started a new job in the end of August and suddenly was faced with food all day long after so long without that. And I struggled a bit with that, I will admit. And I'm okay with that because I'm learning as I go along. And in the past, I would, you know, eat bad for a couple of days and think, oh, I can't do this. I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I, I, I suck. This is it. I'm done. I'm just going to be like this forever. And then I would continue to eat like that every day. And that was obviously not healthy for me in the slightest. Now I'm learning that I can have days where I don't eat according to what I would plan for myself. I've had lots of days where I had way too much chocolate but I've also made other changes that I haven't done in previous years. Um, for Christmas morning, I used to make a big breakfast, gigantic bagel, a bunch of cheese, uh, mayo, butter, everything on there. But this year I woke up and I just had my usual egg breakfast. I didn't make any cinnamon and sugar, buttery monkey bread like I used to. I didn't do any of that. So while I made some choices that weren't fabulous for my body, I also made some really great choices and I'm happy with that. I also know that putting on 10 pounds up and down for the last four months isn't the end. I know that I will get back there because I know what to do. And I'm very proud of that. Um, something else I did in 2022 that I did not ever imagine myself doing was running a 5k. I grew up as a very active um, child and teenager. I enjoyed being on running teams. I enjoyed being on the track and field teams. Mostly I ran. Um, I really enjoyed it and I always thought that I would do when I was an adult this particular run every year that was through my local college. And I never did. I never did it. Not even one time. Not even as a teenager. And I could have. But I just always thought, oh, next year I'm going to do that run. Next year I'm going to do that run. Next year I'm going to do that run. And 30 years later, I still did not do it. So I am signing up for it in 2023. I was too nervous to do it last year. 
Um, and then when I thought more seriously about it, I had kind of missed the cutoff. The earlier you join, the cheaper it is. That's a tip for anyone checking out your local runs. A lot of times they have early bird signups that are a fraction of the price if you join on race day. So that's a little tip. Look for that in your local runs. Um, I did see one pop up, I believe it was February last year, which was for a different local um, charity that raises money for their youth programs. And I couldn't believe how low the early bird price was. It was like $15. And I believe if you waited to decide to join, I think it was up to $40 or $45 to join um, close to the race day. So I hit join and I did it and I ran it, ran it in June. Um, I came last in my age group I believe I came fourth last overall, but it was so fun. Um, at the time I could only run about a minute and then I would walk for several minutes and then run another minute. So um, I made note of my time, it was about 45 minutes or 44 minutes. I saved some energy at the end because I did not want to walk across the finish line. I had it in my head that I wanted to run and I did it. I was dying, but I managed. I ran across the line. I got my medal. My husband and son were there watching me and they were so proud of me and so happy. And I was so happy I did that. So this year I'm going to do three. I'm going to do the college one. I'm going to do the charity run again. And there's another charity that I usually do by walking, but this year I want to run as much of it as I can. I'm up to about 20 minutes of very slow jogging on the treadmill. So I'm excited to see what my own personal time will be. And that's just something else. I'm not competing to be number one in the women's category. I do not expect to be that. It'd be nice, but I don't expect that. I just want to beat my time from last year. And it's, it's exciting. Um, who would have thought that when I turn 50 is when I'll be starting my journey to running? Like, I never thought that that would happen after so many years. So it's very exciting. Um, um, I think one thing I'll talk about is my ongoing heart issues. That's, that's something that holds me back a little bit until I understand it more. Um, not only did I have a heart attack when I was 46 years old, but I discovered one year ago that I have an enlargement of the left atrium of my heart. Um, my cardiologist actually said it is almost severe. And I thought, okay, what does that mean? And he said, if I was severe, I would have a life expectancy of 10 years maximum. That's something I still haven't quite mentally dealt with. It's quite upsetting. Um, you can't reverse a heart enlargement apparently. The elasticity is just gone on that side after 25 years of hard, high blood pressure beating and beating and beating away at my heart. That's another thing that we just don't get told or taught. All those years I had high blood pressure. I don't remember anybody sitting me down and talking to me about what that can do. Um, but apparently this is it. 
I knew I had a thickening of the heart wall muscle on that side that had been picked up on ECGs and then I would go for a heart ultrasound and they could see that the heart muscle wall on one side was thick and I do remember asking if that's going to cause problems in the future and the doctor said no not really but you do need to keep your blood pressure down so it doesn't get worse and I thought well what what happens when it gets worse apparently this is what happens you get an enlargement and the elasticity just isn't there so it's like I guess it's like it's bulging and the cardiologist said that I cannot reduce it but I can keep it from getting worse and he was very happy with my weight loss um, at that time I had lost uh, a year ago I was at about a 60 pound loss and he was thrilled with that he was very excited said I'm well on the way to you know being recovered from my heart attack and just making my life better and that all of those are steps towards a more positive outcome. But it just makes me nervous. When I start running and my heart really starts beating, I freak out. I just immediately slow down. I don't want to push it. I, if I feel my heart pounding in my chest, I do not like that. And I think that's probably a completely normal reaction to having a heart attack and also dealing with this enlargement of my atrium but it also holds me back a bit <clears throat> I have a cardiology appointment on January 17th and I'm going to ask him a lot of questions there I'm hoping to remember them I might follow the advice others have given which is to write down my questions so I don't forget I'm going to request a heart ultrasound and a stress test where you run on the treadmill hooked up to the equipment I will feel so much better when I see myself, since I'll be able to actually run during the stress test this time, run for a good long time. I want to see in real time what my heart is doing and how it's handling that. And if it's handling it okay, then I'm going to feel so much better about being in these runs. In the meantime, I hold myself back a little bit, which is okay. I think that I would rather hold myself back until I know for sure what's happening. But at the same time, I'm so disappointed in myself for letting my health get this way over all those years. And I go through moments where I just feel so down. Like, I did this to myself. Nobody did this to me. I did it. I did not feed myself healthy amounts of food. I did not eat enough healthy types of food. And now it's caused me long-term health issues some people develop type 2 diabetes i was um, diagnosed as early diabetes just before i joined weight watchers that has not shown up again on my blood work so that's a plus but there are other things that i'm quite disappointed in myself for allowing to happen there are heart issues in my family my father passed away of a heart attack at age 49 one month before his 50th birthday um, he didn't get a second chance but I did so I'm trying to make the most of it but there after he passed away I found that there were a lot of people in his family on his mother's side that had heart issues and many of them are on heart medications now for high blood pressure 
I have other close family members that have high blood pressure. So some of it is genetic. You can't run away from genetics. I'm learning, but you can help them. Being almost 300 pounds off and on for so many, many years made it hard for my organs. It's just a fact. Um, I try not to get down on myself about it anymore, but it is just a fact that I have to think about. It is a fact that when I eat too much sodium, my legs swell up like balloons and they feel like somebody poured cement into them. I can barely lift my feet to walk. That's a fact. I can see the swelling in my legs. My socks leave huge dents. My shoes leave huge dents and I feel heavy um, when I'm moving. So I have to respect that that's what happens when I have too much like fast food or even just restaurant food. It is packed full of sodium like you wouldn't believe. Sometime grab a Hungry Man dinner at the grocery store. Sorry for calling out a brand there, but turn it over and look at the amount of sodium in there. I'm supposed to have about 2,500 milligrams of sodium a day. That's a healthy amount um, for blood production and other body systems that require sodium. But one of those meals can have 1,400 milligrams of sodium in it. So over half of my daily intake in one little itty bitty TV dinner. So I watch for stuff like that now. Um, it's a fact that my weight contributed to having high blood pressure and requiring medication for 25 years. I, of course, needed more kinds after I had a heart attack, but I was on two different kinds of medication for 25 years um, and I didn't always take them properly. There was a point in time where I wasn't taking them for about three, four months, I think. And my family didn't even know. I just got lazy and I didn't. I thought, oh, I'm fine. You can't feel high blood pressure usually, so you don't really have any clue that it's lurking there. And my blood pressure was something like 220 over 130. Um, just to give an idea, sometimes when I'm watching medical shows, that's what somebody's blood pressure will be when they're rushing them in cardiac arrest into the hospital and they'll say his blood pressure is one or 220 over 130 and I'm like oh god that's what mine was okay maybe that's really bad so I went to my doctor one day and he my doctor wasn't actually there his partner was there and he gave me some life truths he told me that he wasn't afraid that I was going to have a heart attack he told me he was afraid that I was going to have a stroke and that he said, I don't know you, but you know, maybe your kids would not want to feed you soup for the rest of your life while you're wearing a bib and dribbling it all over. I was like, what? I couldn't believe what this man was telling me. And he literally said to me, do you want to effing die? And I was like, uh, no. And he said, actually, if you're lucky, you'll die by not taking your medicine and my mouth's hanging open. And he said, because most likely you're going to have a stroke and it's going to be a bad one and you're going to be a vegetable, which was very rude, by the way. I do not agree with that kind of talk, but he was trying to slap some sense into me. And I'll tell you, that was, hmm, let me think, probably 12 years ago. And I have taken my medication religiously since that day. Um, 
he was very abrupt and blunt and I needed that. My doctor was too nice. He didn't tell me things like that. He just told me he was concerned. But it's important to take your medication, but there are ways to actually live your life and be healthier and reduce some of that medication. One of those pills that I have been on since 1997 was removed last summer. I don't have to take it anymore. My blood pressure got so low last summer that I actually fainted and bashed my head on the stairs. I don't recommend that either. I recommend keeping on top of all of your health. If I had been taking my blood pressure at home regularly, I would have seen it dropping. But basically what happened is I lost a lot of weight and that was, I was around 80 pounds lost at that point. And my body finally went, oh, hey, she means it this time. She's doing really good. Okay. So then my blood pressure pills were working too good and my blood pressure dropped to something like 85 or 45 and I passed out. So that was exciting. I had a couple other moments where my blood pressure has been really low and I've um, been very dizzy and I've been able to reduce another two medications since then. So one completely gone that I was on for 25 years and a couple of the ones that I've been on since I had my heart attack have been reduced. So that's great. No sign of diabetes and yes to reducing medication. Those are some major pluses to go along this journey. Some other physical things that I've noticed is I suffered from plantar fasciitis for about 20 years and I have only noticed a couple of niggles from it over the past year and a half. Um, it is a fact that the excess weight I was carrying was too much for my feet and it's too much pressure on your ankles, your knees, your legs, your hips. It just is. And it's a fact. I was taking Celebrex for a short time because my feet were in absolute agony all the time. I can't even explain how bad my feet hurt when I was at my highest weights. It felt like all the bones in the top of your feet were splitting apart. I actually felt like they might snap. Um, very painful. And adding that to, I also had heel spurs. Um, I think about four or five times in the last five years, I've had extremely excruciating heel spurs. I had some x-rays done and I even had one heel spur in the shape of a shark's tooth. So he said it was so pointy at the bottom. That's why when I was stepping, there was just so much pain and pressure. It was sharp, a bone shard just growing right out of there. The heel spurs can form on anybody, but it's just a fact that I have to face that being almost 300 pounds and having issues with my foot tendon, having bone spurs and having pain in the top of my feet was just compounded by that weight. It made it so much worse. And I would say since I lost my first 35 pounds, I have had zero trouble with bone spurs, nothing. My feet do not feel like they're going to split open on top or the bones are going to snap. I never feel that anymore. And I had about a week ago, my first fear of plantar fasciitis coming back. But I think it's because I've been wearing my winter boots for 
two months. It's been very cold here. Um, and I think just wearing the different footwear, boots to work, switching over to my flatter shoes at work, I think that was just causing me issues because it was only for two days and it stopped again. So um, I've had trips to the knee surgeon in the past um, five years where I was walking and just suddenly had just unreal pain in my knee so bad that I couldn't actually move. And my coworkers were like, oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, no, like it was so bad I couldn't move. As soon as I had sat down in a chair for five or 10 minutes and went to stand up, the pain in my knee would just make me stagger. And I have not had any of that knee, that kind of knee pain in almost two years. Um, when I had gone to the knee surgeon, he was very nice. And he just said that there's some debris floating around between my kneecap and then where your joint is. And sometimes that debris from the breakdown of all the jelly and things that are in your knee, um, the breakdown of those, it's crushing it against the, between the two bones, between my kneecap and my joint. And that's what was causing that horrible pain. And I remember he put his hand just gently on my knee and he said, you, you know that taking some of the pressure off is what would help the most. And I knew he meant weight. And he just did it in the nicest, gentlest way. I know a lot of people get angry when their doctor seems to say, you know, blame everything on weight. Oh, if you lose weight, this will be okay. If you lose weight, this will be okay. It, it was actually true. I have, like I said, zero issues since I've lost about 30, 35 pounds with that knee. I do get the odd twinge in my knee from time to time. And I go, Ooh, oh no, here it is. It's back but then it goes again. And I think that's probably normal aging issues rather than issues that were compounded greatly by my weight. And I am okay with facing that. Um, I have always been a big supporter of body image. When I see people out and about, I don't look at them like for their size. I look at them for maybe their clothing, their hair, their smile, their shoes. Um, thinking, oh, that lady must have a nice professional job or that man, I wonder where he works. Like just wondering about people. I don't really look at their size at all. It's people are people to me. I wish I could look at myself in that same way, but that's been something I'm learning along the way with Weight Watchers. But at the same time, I also do look at people with concern for their health. Um, it might not be a popular opinion right now, but I know growing up and in my adult years, there was a big push to, you know, for big, beautiful women. I absolutely agree with that. I think we should have had as many clothes to choose from as anybody else. You know, back in the beginning of my um, weight gain, there it was hard to find clothes. I remember just, there'd be just this tiny little section with some big, tent t-shirts and some giant jeans that were completely unflattering like it was pretty bad but over the years um, the industry changed a lot and there are clothing stores dedicated to larger sized people and I think wow that's great you should be able to go out and feel amazing no matter your size but I think it's a lot more beyond the issue of how you look and at the end of the day 
you can feel absolutely gorgeous. You can be active. You can do all sorts of things in a larger body. But I have to ask, is it actually healthy? Are you treating your body in a healthy way? I wasn't. I can't speak for anybody else except myself, but I was not treating myself in a healthy way. And I was not eating healthy amounts of food. I was damaging my organs, damaging my joints, and damaging everything. My self-esteem, my mental health, everything was being damaged by how much I was um, eating. There's no way around that. And that's what I wanted to work on the most. And I'm feeling so much better. I still have some work to do. I have what I call my top tummy. It's, um, I've learned a bit about that too. The, the fat that gathers like right under your rib cage, that's actually a sign of fat being deposited around my internal organs. When I read that, I was like, oh my goodness, this is no longer my shelf that holds up my chest. This is actually a sign of danger on the inside. We always think about fat being deposited on our thighs, on our rear end, on our arms, on our stomach. There's actually fat being deposited around my organs inside. That scares me. I want to fix that. So I'm. there are some definite room for improvement areas on me. When I look in the mirror, I am so proud. I can actually see my back without um, extra muffin top and extra fat around my like back ribs. Um, I have a collarbone. I'm quite sure I love my collarbone. I look in the mirror and I'm like, what is that? I haven't seen it for so long. I love my jawline. I feel so much better now when I take pictures. I'm taking selfies a lot. I take selfies. I take group photos. I want to be in the photos. I'm not hiding. All of those are huge changes that are centered around this journey, but most of it is about health. Being told a year ago that I have something where almost I'm at the point where I would. I have something where I've been told I'm almost at the point where I would have a max 10-year life expectancy. So that's, that's my main focus right now. I would really love to be able to go back to the doctor and have another ultrasound and them say, wow, your heart enlargement has reduced. But I've been told that's impossible. So I keep that in mind as maybe a tiny miracle that could happen. But I mostly just want to concentrate on it not getting worse and just keeping it right where it is so that I have a longer expectancy. And um, I think that's a good place to end this today. Um, just been, I've been spending the last two years facing facts about what my weight was doing 
and what I was doing to myself and I am working very hard on changing all of that. So I hope you'll join me again on a future episode.